Does everyone need customer support today? We've got you. Intercom has the tools to manage support at any scale, like integrations, bots, and more. All in one powerful platform. We'll even automatically resolve 33% of your support volume, so you have more time for customers who need you most. Oh, that's better. Supercharge your team's productivity and make your customers super happy with Intercom. Learn more at intercom.com support. Hi, I'm Dr. Andreas Michaelitis, Chief Psychologist at Noom. But what's Noom and why does Noom need a Chief Psychologist? Noom is a weight loss program that works with results that last because we know that changing the way you eat starts with your mind. With Noom's proven psychology-backed tools, one-on-one coaching, and flexible plans that emphasize progress over perfection, you'll have the tools you need to change your relationship with food. So sign up at Noom.com now and lose the weight for good. That's N-O-O-M.com. host Josh Keeley with me is Adam Moore we had a little bit of technical difficulties uh, earlier in the week as well as earlier tonight so we're gonna be pumping <laughs> this out pod- we're gonna be pumping this out late on Valentine's Day uh, but we're gonna give it our best shot we're gonna talk about Miles Garrett coming back we're gonna talk about Baker Mayfield surprising well surprising to some MVP odds and of course we're gonna dive back into the betting game with the uh, XFL dude I almost said the AAF I swear to God <laughs> That's but uh, I was just watching. Uh, if you do you watch that All or Nothing on Amazon? Yeah, I've seen some of those episodes. I've so seen I was some watching, of the seasons. Yeah, they uh, this year there's the Philadelphia Eagles. They just released it like last week, and I was watching an episode today. I talked about Greg Ward, and they showed him. I didn't know he played in the uh, the Alliance San Antonio Commanders. Last year. Right? Yeah, they showed yeah, they showed right. this little the punt return that he took back to the house. But then, you know, obviously he uh you know he came in at the end of the year when the Eagles were decimated and played really well at wide receiver. So. Oh, dude, just, he, was yeah. my, my, uh, he was on my fantasy team, my college fantasy team, when he was the quarterback at Houston. Oh, dude, I remember him in Houston. I played him in DFS all the time. What a stud yeah. he was, dude. Yes. Yes. So I'm happy cruise. to see him. I'm happy to see him playing in the NFL. But, yeah, he was he was electric with the ball in his hands in, in college. Yeah, and that's what the developmental leagues are all about, too. Everybody keeps talking about, you know, I, I got a buddy who keeps messaging me about how garbage Aaron Murray looked or, you know, how it's terrible Matt McGloin is, you know, one of the – stars of the league but you know it's more about guys like Keenan Reynolds Keenan Reynolds is still what 25 years old hasn't had a whole lot of reps at wide receiver uh you know uh, guys like um Jordan Te'amu, the quarterback for the St. Louis Battlehawks, who's 22 years old, didn't have a whole lot of reps at quarterback either. You know, played quarterback at Ole Miss his senior year, but before that was sitting on the bench behind Shea Patterson. So it's kind of about those guys. Uh, but whatever, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll dive into a little bit of the XFL later on. The first thing I want to ask you, Adam, is what are your plans for Valentine's Day? <laughs> We're going out to dinner. So uh, nothing, nothing too special. But what about you? I was going to ask you the same thing. Did you get her? Did you get your uh, fiance anything? Well, are, are, can I ask? Are you going out to the cheesecake factory? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. no. I'm, heard... I'm steering away. I'm oh, steering heard... I, I'm going to hang out at the cheese factory, cheesecake factory, <laughs> all the time, dude. That's my new spot for what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. So I've been there like once or twice. Food's delicious, dude, but it's just so overwhelming. I mean, have you have you been there? It takes yeah, you like but I haven't had the time just that to read Baker's the had. I, I haven't. Oh, yeah. I I went. I mean, it was solid food, but I didn't. Nothing happened in my car. <laughs> I don't. 
I know, and no one asked the pertinent questions too. Like, what song was he playing? Was there no music? Was he playing like the best of ABBA? Like, you know, there's, what gotta, was going there's on? definitely music. Got to be music. There had to right. Be. That's just awkward if if there wasn't. Dude, I I want to imagine Baker Mayfield sitting in the car playing Butterfly by Crazy Town. Like, I just <laughs> want to imagine Baker Mayfield into like early two thousands rap metal. You know what I mean? Right. Just yeah. like Crazy Town, Alien Ant Farm. Like that's what I that's why I want to envision. Which is also who I'm hoping is going to headline the XFL uh, halftime show. But oh, that'd be awesome. Soon. Well, whatever. So I guess we should not die. We shouldn't talk about the Baker Mayfield thing for the whole pod, although I desperately, desperately want to. So many questions. I know. So many questions. But all right, moving on. Miles Garrett's back, dude. Yes, sir. Hey, we talked about it. I was, uh, you know, as soon as I saw the news, you were the first person I thought of because you, you had said that you would you would strip naked and, and riot in the streets of Columbus if – if Miles Garrett was suspended for a single game in 2020. So I'm, I mean, I'm happy for and the people of Columbus that they don't have to see that. And it's cold out. So it wasn't going to be a pleasant jog. If you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, I, I think it's a big deal. It's a big deal for more than one reason right now. We talk about the depth. We've talked about the defensive line depth before, and we're not going to spend all day on this either, but I want to talk about it a little bit. The defensive line depth for Cleveland is not the best, right? We talked about uh, Olivier Vernon, Playing very well. Well, he might be a cap casualty from what I'm hearing, um, <laughs> yeah. which is I don't think I I don't think he is. I think that the depth is too slim, and I really don't think he's getting paid that much. He's still only 30 years old, so he's still got a lot to give. Uh, but whatever. And then I, behind I him, salary cap's that big of a deal. I, I mean, I think I, I think, think I think they're healthy enough there. They don't have to worry about that. All Wait, too, and all you too have much. to look at the other options too. If you cut him 15 million dollars a year, will you think you're going to get someone? Who's as good as him for cheaper? That's not happening. He's going to leave. If you cut him today, he's going to get twenty million a year from a team that's ter- more terrible. You're right. I mean, he might. This is kind of a bargain for what I think we're getting. Yeah, and you're right. The, the depth at the at that position was really exposed once Miles Garrett left last year. So yeah, this changes. This changes a lot of things. Well, more than anything, like you said, it's not really a, that big of a surprise. I think we all kind of expected him to be back in 2020, but you know. At, at the end of the day, it's just some it's some certainty that that now that that organization and the fans have that he will be back week one in 2020, and they won't have to worry about that anymore. So move on. See, and I and I think I think for I think for you and I, you're right. It's not it's not that big of a deal, right? For the fans, it's not that big of a deal. But for that front office, I think it's a huge deal. I mean, I don't because I, if I, if I'm if I'm Stefanski, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know who's going to be my starting. Do I do I overdraft for an edge rusher because I don't have one? Do I try to make a move in free agency? I don't really know what I'm doing, but but whatever. I, I, I'm everybody's mind is as as at ease, and uh, Miles Garrett's back. Um, the second thing I want to talk about before we dive in the XFL because I think a large portion of our show is going to be about the XFL. Baker Mayfield. What's he? He's 15th in the MVP odds, right? Yeah. At 40. To one. So to put that in perspective for people that don't gamble or haven't looked at the lines, Patrick Mahomes is the favorite at four to one. Then it's Russell Wilson at five to one. Then it's Lamar Jackson at six to one. Then it's Deshaun Watson at twelve to one. And then Aaron Rodgers at sixteen to one. And then further down the list, you have Baker Mayfield at forty to one. Now, highly unlikely he wins the MVP, correct? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I don't I don't know. Um I don't have a strong opinion about whether the odds are right or not, but I do. I do not think he's in a position to win it next year. If that's if that's what you're asking, that is exactly where I was going. So you're not going to touch this line at all. No, I'm not. Just because I think I think we've seen what Stefanski likes to do. So I I think you're going to just come in. You're going to see a healthy dose of Nick Chubb, and you're going to try. They're going to try to rely on this run game now, unless 
unless something crazy happens to Chubb early in the year, like an injury to where Cleveland's going to be forced to throw the ball, I don't. I just don't think he's going to run an offense to go, that's going to give him the numbers that it's going to take to win the MVP next year. Does that make sense? It, it makes a it makes a lot of sense. I, I think you're absolutely right, but for some reason, forty to one just seems. Yeah, it could be a little it, it, bit it of an feels like overreaction. I'm, I'm, from I feel like last year because he played so cash. bad. Yeah, that, that's Might exactly what I was thinking. That's yeah. what, what you what you just said. Repeat what you just said because I was talking over you. No, I, I said I think it might be a little bit of of an overreaction just based on how bad he played last year. Um, he certainly he certainly should play better. We you know, we saw in, in in year one his rookie year what his you know what his potential could be. He played pretty well, and then this past year, man, he just he really regressed, which is not something you typically see out of sophomore quarterbacks. And I think we kind of we can kind of contribute that a little bit to Fred Kitchens um, and, and just kind of how lost they seemed um, as a coaching staff last year. So I do expect him to rebound and play better and kind of get back to what we saw a little bit in his rookie year. And hopefully he can build off that a little bit, but it's still, like I said, I, you know, if, if you think there's some value there, there, you know, you can put a small, small percentage of your bankroll on it. It's not, I don't think it's a horrible bet, but I'm personally not going to touch it. I think you just convinced me not to take it, not to put money on that bet. I think you covered why I got all excited. Uh, it's because it is an overreaction. 41 is insane, but remember to get your money back. He has to win it. And for right. him to win it is just as insane. But that is an overreaction. He's not a 40 to one player. That's insane. Come on. The likelihood of him and him winning Aaron Rodgers win it should be relatively close. I mean, that the yeah. difference there isn't that big of a deal if you so, look at his 2018 film. Yeah. So you mentioned you mentioned Mahomes, you mentioned Wilson, you mentioned Jackson. Who are the other, you know, 11, 12 guys in front of him? Oh, I didn't write them all down, Adam. Oh, Jeez. you didn't write them all down. No. Well, I'm I was say, if we can try to compare, like maybe who's in eighth or ninth, or you just can kind of see. But it, it does. It does. And this is going to sound very square, and I don't. I don't care because I didn't write them down. But it doesn't matter. He's got, like you said, he's got yeah. to win it for you to cash out. It doesn't yeah, matter yeah. how good of a deal you get. It doesn't matter if he gets second in the MVP votes, third in the MVP votes. It, it he wins comeback player of the year. It doesn't matter. He's got to win it for you to cash out. And right. you're you're right. Based off of what we know about this offense, the direction that this offense is taking we know Stefanski is going to be calling the plays and all that and they still haven't established anything on the offensive line yet as far as tackles and guards you know because that's that's got to get better the offensive line's got to get better for Baker to perform Mm -hmm. then you know it's not a good it's not a good bet yeah I I just think it's it you know I think you're more likely to see Nick Chubb go for 2,000 yards this year than you are to see Baker Mayfield go for 4,500 yards and 50 touchdowns you know what I'm saying I, I think you, that that's probably a good lookup. I think we need to bring that to the next show. It's I can't for my phone's dead right now, or else I would look it up. But we'll look up Nick Chubb's MVP numbers, and I should have done that. I should have done that before I got on the show. Uh, that I apologize, uh, but that probably is a more reasonable bet. Yeah, is Nick Chubb? Wouldn't you think? I would think so. I, I mean, he obviously he had a. Uh... Yeah, he he had a really good year last year. I think he's in a position to kind of um, grow. Within this offense with Stefanski, I think I think this is going to be a really like this is going to be a blow up spot for Nick Chubb next year. So if you if you're a fantasy football player, you need to get Nick, Nick Chubb on your lineup. Yeah, I, I think you're I think you're right. Um, he's Dalvin right. Cook, you know he he's just as good as Dalvin Cook, and you're going to see that better. offense come to Cleveland. He could be. He absolutely could better. be. Yeah, absolutely could be. Um. All right, moving on. We'll talk a little bit about. I guess we'll dive into the XFL now. Yeah, let's do it. 
Well, let's talk about the XFL news, first of all. I know that a lot of people were hitting me up about XFL, you know, former Browns in the XFL. One former Brown made huge XFL news. He was actually the first coach to be <laughs> fired in yeah. the XFL. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. I thought you were going somewhere different. And let's Shut circle up. back to what I – yeah, let's, yeah, you go, you go. Pepper Johnson, the former Ohio State linebacker. Yeah. Many will remember him as the second round. Many more will remember him as the linebacker, the second round draft pick by the New York Giants in the late 80s, who's won a Super Bowl with him. But he was also a linebacker for the Cleveland Browns in the early 90s. And he was a positional coach in the NFL for many, many years. Uh, last week, last year with the AAF, he was a linebacker's coach. And then this year, the LA Wildcats hired him to be their defensive coordinator. After one week, <laughs> in the XFL, they fired him. Now, I find this disrespectful because Pepper Johnson has been with that organization since day one, goddammit. <laughs> You're right. Since no the inception whatsoever. of the team. Yeah, yeah. since the inception no, of the I, team. I, I saw that he, uh, you know, that he got fired, and, and it was surprising. But that's not, I, that's not where I thought you were going about it with, you know, with Browns and the fandom. So, I mean, did you hear that the new quarterback for the Dallas Renegades is? Brogan Roback. Brogan Roback. Yeah, he's just not signed, he's not baby. starting. For just, reference, he's I know, not but he's starting. on the team now. Yes. Yes. He was on St. Louis's team. St. Louis signed Nick Fitzgerald and Taylor Heineke, <clears throat> who have a little bit more of an NFL pedigree. Nick Fitzgerald's got a lot of talent. Uh, I've, I've talked about him in the past in some of my articles. So, uh, you know, I can see why they got rid of him. So, Brogan Roback is now in Dallas. I believe he's probably going to, next time they go to Philip Nelson, it's probably going to be the Brogan Roback show, which I'm yeah. pretty excited about. I'm pretty excited about, but Landry Jones has got to go down. We don't want Landry Jones to go down. I would never wish injury on anybody, but it is cool to see Broby back at it, baby. You know who's got season tickets to the Dallas Renegades, right? I do not. Papa Keeley. Nice. Yeah, he's he's down there every game. Every game. He was down there the first (laughs) of the home opener. Huh? So when are you going down? I need to go. Now that Brogan Roback is out there, I need to go down. All right. But, uh, yeah, that's funny you bring up. There's a lot of Browns connections. It's, it's sad. It's funny and sad at the same time because it's a lot. It's really indicative of how bad the Browns have been too. Because they have so many players that are in this league <laughs> that were, we want that are memorable. They're memorable for Cleveland because they were supposed to be good. Uh, but back on the Pepper Johnson thing before we move on, because Pepper Johnson was, you know, he was good with the Cleveland Browns. He was a, a good player with the New York Giants. He was actually rumored at one time to be part of the Ohio State coaching search. Uh, he's been rumored up in Cleveland quite a few times. And he was fired after the first week. What do you, what do you, isn't that kind of weird? Don't you think it's kind of funny? Yeah, I mean, that fired after the first week. It's very weird. Uh, I, you know, I don't, to me, it would just seem like there had to have been something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. That's certainly um, not, that's not something we've ever seen before. A coach get fired after one week. That's just, that was really odd. In the XFL, not just the NFL, yeah, but that's the, the thing. XFL. That's the two things I'm trying to put that in perspective is the XFL is obviously just radically different from the NFL. And, and a lot of things in the XFL are going to be different than what we're used to seeing in the NFL. But still, it's just it's, it's an odd, odd thing. Oh, it's shocking. Absolutely yeah. shocking. There's some other Browns that made some notes. Um, Gabe Wright had a pass deflection on day one. I believe he was put the D.C. Defenders. I can't remember <laughs> now. Raheem Moore, who was a big signing for the Cleveland Browns during the preseason of like 2016. He got two interceptions when he returned back for a touchdown uh, on Saturday. 
you know, if everybody's everybody probably remembers the signing of Raheem Moore, but he got cut before the season. Um, some other Browns that made some noise. I, I'm, I'm trying. There were there were a couple guys that, that made some noise that were former Browns. I, I can't remember, but those were kind of the big ones. Um, I'm trying. There were a couple guys I thought were very interesting that the Browns should probably be diving in. I would not be surprised if the Browns dipped into the XFL pool like they with the like they did with the AAF pool last year with the. Uh, um, Gilbert, Garrett Gilbert out of uh, Orlando, the Orlando Apollos, and then Dearness Johnson from the Orlando Apollos. Uh, I think the Dallas Renegades have a lot of talent. They have uh, Flynn Nagel, the wide receiver. For, he, some people might remember him. Big Ten fans might remember him at Northwestern. Very sure-handed guy. Um, Jeff um, Bidette, who's a, a speedster out of Oklahoma. He's a guy that wants Landry Jones there. We might be able to see a little bit more about what he has, what he's got going on. Um, Nick Holly. Who was placed for the LA Wildcats? Listen, that running back plays wide receiver. He was quarterback at Kent State, so he's getting some additional reps uh, as a weapon. So hopefully, you know, the, some of those guys grow and the Browns can find some depth in this league. But I guess that's kind of all I have with the, with the former Brown Stars. I wrote an article about it. You can check it out. I, I really covered the D, the first day pretty well on Browns Wire. Uh, if, also, if you have any questions or want any more insight, hit me up. Yeah, you, wanna... dude, you never you never cease to amaze me with with your knowledge of these obscure players and their obscure. backgrounds. Every player is important. And, and, Every uh, player is important, Adam. I, yeah, it's something else, man. Well, you know, in the league, the, the XFL's taken a big took a big step this past week too. Because I don't know if you saw, but future CFL Hall of Famer S.J. Green opted out of his Canadian contract to go play in the XFL. Okay, oh, now wow. to put that in perspective. You can make a lot of cash up in the XFL. Deron Carter was up there for many, many years. You know, there's guys up there that make a good amount of cash, and they were not doing that with the AAF, and they were not doing that with the XFL the first time around. So obviously some some of these guys are believing in the system. But again, yeah. you know, like you said, what, three people are going to know who that is, SJ Green. So, you know, I wouldn't yeah. put a whole lot of stock into it, but it definitely is interesting. Um, did you – I know that you're kind of the gambling expert here. Did you have time to put together numbers or a power ranking or anything with this eight. league? I kind of put together a, a power ranking because there's only eight friggin' teams. So yeah, it took 30 it. seconds, but yeah. what do you got? I, I've got I've got a real rough power rating. And, and you know, just, um, you know, full disclosure here, you know, that there's just not enough data yet for me to, like, build a model around it. So it's – I, I don't think that would be, um, you know, something that that would provide any value. Is trying to build a model this early, dude. There's the ten season. games. And I know it's a young season. I, yeah, so maybe like maybe like three or four games in. Um, I'll, I'll oh be my able god, to, the season's you know, halfway over by then. I, I know that's what I'm my saying. My bankroll's like, gonna be gone. <laughs> well, let's let's see what our power ratings are. Let's see let's see if we agree. Dude, by dude, you by by that time, Baker Mayfield's already been to Cheesecake Factory eighty three times <laughs> again, <laughs> <laughs> again. Uh, he sampled right. the menu at that point. <laughs> yeah. So all right. So what you got? Uh, number one, DC Defenders. Tell me why. Give me a reason why, my friend. I just think I think they're the most talented team, and I think you know they didn't they didn't disappoint on Saturday. I think Cardell Jones is probably the most pedigreed quarterback in the league. He's probably got the most raw talent. I know. Um, he, you know, he spent some time in in San Diego or Los Angeles or wherever they were when he was there. Maybe both. Um, but I, I just really, I really think he's he's the best quarterback in the league, and I, it's you know football's a quarterback driven game, so that that's where I'm that's where I'm going with the number one spot. You know they did beat the spread by five and a half. They beat a Seattle team that I don't think is very good, uh, but I do have DC number two on my list. My number one team is the New York Guardians. 
I mean, okay. they went out. I believe they played on Sunday. They were the underdog to the Tampa Bay Vipers. They pretty much shoved Aaron Murray. They, I mean, they basically yeah. destroyed Aaron I, Murray. I tell you what, I thought, I thought Tampa Bay was going to be one of the better teams in this league, and they still I might be. I know it's I one week, on but man. Man, I, they got smoked. And, and you're right, New York. He, they played so well on defense. Well, they have like five picks or five turnovers or something like that. Well, and and you know, this is a good example. See, people people will make fun of people make fun of like watch people watching the XFL. Like, oh, why are you watching those garbage garbage players? Watching Aaron Murray, watching guys like that, really shows you the difference of the NFL. It really helps you when you're evaluating. NFL talent, or when you're watching these college guys, it's like, okay, this guy can't throw it outside the hash, or this guy can't do that. But Aaron Murray, Aaron Murray played like he's seen some stuff, dude. He played like a war veteran. Did he not? Like he looked like he looked like he was like the seeing ghost thing from Sam Darnold on Monday night. That was Aaron yeah. Murray. Like he was just like so skittish and so scared. And you could just really see, like, okay, this is why this guy can't do it in the league. This is why this yeah. guy isn't here. Like people it, made fun of Sam Darnold on Monday, and some people were kind of just making fun of it because of what he said. But Aaron right. Murray is a perfect example. That's that on you know XL or, or put to the extreme, right? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, no, for real. And how old is Aaron Murray? Isn't he like thirty six now? He's getting up there. I don't know if he's that old. Yeah, he's, I, mean, he's, he's, I, he's, I know, but I feel like I feel like he's like my age, or he's. I think I feel like he's older than me. Oh, he's definitely older than you. He's definitely older yeah. than you. I, said, I remember you know, like, Woody, he was Carl Georgia, Jones. right? Yes. Yeah, he's That's the why. SEC. I him in Georgia, like when we he's were in the high career school. leader in passing yards in that conference in the SEC. Still yeah. is. And like we talked about Cardell Jones being the best player or the best quarterback in that league, and that very well may be true. And his ball flutters a bit. You know, when you watch Dwayne Haskins, that ball zips. That's why that guy was a first-round pick. So I think it does help with a lot of that evaluation process. But I, I do have New York number one on my list. Uh, Matt McGloin, yeah. I made fun of him. I bet against him. Dude, he looked pretty solid. You could see why he hung around the NFL for so long. Uh, yeah, I did they, think that and New York looked pretty solid. Yeah, they jumped out early. What they scored like like seventeen in a row, or like seven. Yeah, like seven, early seventeen points and jumped out yeah. early. And they they kind of stalled a little bit, but they you know they play, I thought they played really well. Who? What do you have them on your list? I got them at two. Oh, you do? Okay, so our one. Yeah. Two, that's pretty close. Okay. Yeah. Who do you got number three? three? I got Houston. That's why I have number three. Uh, okay. DJ Walker. Yeah. Uh, yep. Well, I, I Philip Walker from Temple. A lot of people remember him at Temple. He was a little too, a little short. Uh, I think he measured it at five eleven at the combine, maybe five ten. Uh, but he he's another young guy that's probably gonna get another shot in the NFL. He was with the Colts for a bit. Um, you know, he, he moves around. He played played really well. He beat out Connor Cook, and Connor Cook has got a lot of talent. And the XFL was really pushing the Connor Cook train. So for Philip Walker to beat him out, I think that says a lot. So I think that that is you know, like I said, that team yeah. looked really good. Um, so I well, have number three on my list too. And just kind of like go, you know, touching on what we talked a little bit about last week, I I didn't know how the XFL had structured their free agency and how they had structured their mm-hmm. their player pool. Yeah, and I guess that surprised me, but I guess that I, I from a business standpoint, I, I I see why it makes sense because you want name recognition, you want people to tune in, they want people who, you know, who watched Connor Cook at Michigan State to say, hey, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in and watch him, you know, play in the XFL. But I I think we'll get to a point now. Or I think we'll get to a point, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but you'll start to see like these younger players really get a chance. And I think that's what that's what the you know the real benefit to this league would be is to have really have this turn into a developmental league where and it's not like, oh, let's see what I can do. I'm 30 years old, yeah, and let's see what I got left type of deal. Let's you know. 
hundred percent. They're eventually but, yeah. gonna, no, you're right. They're eventually gonna get to the point where you're not gonna see guys out there playing just because their name recognition. They're gonna be out there playing because their talent. And uh, Austin, if you, if you're unfamiliar with how the XFL process worked or preseason prospect or how how these guys land on the rosters, they did. We did an interview last week with Austin Feniger, um, who kind of he one of his clients was Javante Dean, who was drafted in the first round of the defensive backs draft uh, for the, with the Tampa Bay Vipers, and he kind of walks through that XFL process, and it was it was very interesting. So if you want to know more about that, uh, go ahead and listen to that. Um, my number four team, I had the St. Louis Battlehawks. The St. Louis Battlehawks had the second worst – actually, I think they had the worst odds um, headed into the season to win the championship. Uh, Jordan Tayamu looked very good. Um, no one was more upset about Christine Michael than me. <laughs> I don't know if you played Daily Fantasy this, this weekend. I know a lot of people did. Christine Michael was he was a first round draft pick by the St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, he was viewed as kind of going to be you know this was going to be the running team in the XFL. Uh, Christine Michael had negative one point, dude. He had a fumble. Nice. They bunched him, put in Keith Ford the rest of the way. So that destroyed yep. my daily fantasy. Uh, but Jordan Tama played really well. St. Louis beat the was the preseason championship favorite. Uh, so I had the number four on my list. Yeah, that's where I got him too, and you you kind of hit it on a little bit. They I thought they were really balanced, and they did they found a you know they really struck that balance well, mixing in pass and run. They rushed for over 190 yards and a couple of scores. So yeah. I thought that was impressive, especially in a league where I think most people thought it would kind of be a passing league, just because all you know you can't find good offensive linemen in the NFL, and now you you know you're adding a complete you're adding what 40. No, you know, forty more offensive linemen. I, I just didn't. I don't think many people thought the offensive line play would be all that good in this league, and it might not be. But uh, they still, you know, for them to have that much much success on the ground, I thought was pretty impressive. I think that the big issue with St. Louis moving forward is going to be that they they drafted with a weird structure. I think that the DC defenders got, they accumulated their team based off of a thought. Okay. Pep Hamilton likes to throw it deep. He got big arm quarterback, Cardio Jones. He got fast wide receivers on the outside. Um, you know, he got fast receiving running backs, right? That's kind of what they, what their identity was. St. Louis, they kind of went everywhere. They got a quarterback that runs the ball. They got a running back that hammers the ball that they benched. Um, they got a six foot five wide receiver and they got and the quarterback throws of three yards. So it's kind of like a mishmash of things. You know, they got the, the yeah. quarterback, Damian Washington is 30 years old. He runs a four, six forty, um, and he's six foot three. That's a, that's a guy that you throw it up to. That's not a guy you throw screen passes to. And he ran up, they did 45 screens with them. It was just, it was completely, it, that's, that's their, that's going to be their issue moving forward. And they did, even though they did beat Dallas and Dallas was a nine point favor or nine and a half point favorite. Dallas was without Landry Jones. Dallas was with Philip uh, or yeah, Philip Nelson. So that needs to be noted mm -hmm. as well. Which brings me to my fifth team, the Dallas Renegades. That's who I have too. We're we're agreeing on a lot here today. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my thought process is listen, Landry Jones, when Landry Jones comes back, this team is not going to be that bad. They're, yeah. you know, they're they should be at uh, the top of the ranks, if not the middle of the pack, right where they are. I, this is kind of where I see their floor. Uh, how Mummy had some interesting. That offense is going to scoot too. He was the only offensive coordinator. You know, now you can hear the play calls too. How yeah. Mummy's play calls, dude. I love Pep Hamilton's play calls for like whole sentences, like Butterscotch twenty one A seventy five Scooter, and then How Mummy yeah. was just like Dagger. Dagger. Yeah. And you can spend the rest of twenty seconds yelling at people. Thirty-two smash. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was it. That was it. Real <laughs> old school. Uh, I yeah. think that that's probably actually going to benefit them in this league. Um, it never ceases to amaze me. 
you know, how a quarterback can sit there and listen to his coach, like, ramble on for 10 seconds yeah. and then and then repeat it. Like, I would never, it. ever. I could never be a, a quarterback. Well, uh, there's, a lot, think, of, I think there's cool a lot of reasons you the, can't uh, be a quarterback, though. You know that, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <For> sure. <laughs> Just making sure. sure. Hey, man, I was – listen up. I was the quarterback on the 2009 third-place co-ed flag football team at Ohio State. So, my God. <laughs> come on, man. My God. I, <laughs> you, you need to tweet that out. Tweet out your stats. Yeah. Do you remember? I'm surprised you weren't on that team. How I didn't have to do much. I didn't have to do much at all. I just, we had, you, I mean, we went to school with him. You know who he is. But I, I had this short little, like, fast guy. I just threw him a little crossing around. He'd take it to the house every time. Who, so. who was it? Tyler Deem. Oh, I remember Tyler Deem. Tyler Deem, uh, he actually works at Ohio State right now. Some people in this yeah. that listen probably know who Tyler Deem is. Well, uh, if they don't know, they they know what he looks like because every time an Ohio State player gets hurt, he's one of the two guys that's out there. He's a pretty man. He's a good-looking guy, dude. too. He sure is. His brother's good-looking, too. Caleb, <laughs> Caleb was my favorite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got to tell them we're talking about him. Yeah, oh, I'm going to text him immediately. All right, um, so six. The sixth team on this list, uh, I got Tampa. This is where I got Tampa Bay slated. I don't really have a good reason for this. I just think Los Angeles and Seattle were that bad. Uh, I'm hoping Quentin Flowers plays for Tampa Bay. Quentin Flowers, fun fact about him, he also won me two college fantasy football championships. Uh, but, yeah, he, he was a, he had a shot with the Niners, I believe, and played running back a bit. Uh, but he's another guy that didn't get a whole lot of reps at quarterback because he doesn't really fit the NFL billing. Uh, but I think that for the XFL, he's perfect, and we're going to see more of him. So I, I think the game between Tampa Bay and Seattle is going to tell us a whole lot. Right now I have Seattle slated here at six. And, and it's really, I mean, I, I'm not, it's not a strong opinion that I have, but I thought, you know, Seattle played, you know, Washington. I thought they played them pretty solid there for a, like at least at least a half or maybe three quarters or so. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't have a strong opinion this 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 deep in the power ratings. Obviously, we know who the better teams are. Um, I, I thought I, Seattle looked like booty. B.J. Yeah, Daniels yeah. was the quarterback, and he was the quarterback with the Salt Lake Stallions of the AAF, and he looked like booty there, and he looked like booty again Saturday. And I like B.J. Daniels. Yeah. I don't even know who that is, so that tells you how much I know about Seattle. You don't say that on the pod. Everybody just turned <laughs> off. Everybody just turned hey, it I'm off. being honest. You're the I'm numbers guy. People, I'm honest, yeah. All right, so my number seven team is the Los Angeles Wildcats. Obviously, this is a little bit of a question mark. Pepper Johnson's gone. I don't know who they got to replace him. With that said, I don't see a whole lot of people clamoring to take the XFL job midseason, so I think this is probably more of a negative than anything. Uh, Chad Kanoff was the quarterback at Princeton a couple years ago. He got the shot at quarterback because Josh Johnson was hurt. I'm hearing Josh Johnson's still hurt, so that means Los Angeles is probably still going to be bad. So I got them at almost dead last. Now, I will so, say Nelson Spruce, the wide receiver from Colorado, who broke a bunch of records of Pac-12. Yeah, he did really well, but he like every every route was a drag route, so I don't really know if that's going to win you a whole lot of games. He um, he was a college DFS monster. Yes. He catches out. He had that great hand. I can't remember which one. Huh? Which call it, was it Colorado or Colorado State? Yeah, he went to Colorado. Because he, he broke a bunch of Pac-12 records, and he he was he caught everything, but he could he was never really open. He's not big, he's not yeah. fast. He just ran a lot of crossers, so was, he would end the he would end the year a lot like he ended the game Saturday, with six receptions. You know, I don't know, thirty yeah. receptions for thirty yards. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. That kind was of it? Like. Who am I thinking of? Colorado State was it Higgins? Oh yeah, Rashard Higgins, Hollywood Higgins. Yeah. Oh, he was a fantasy god. Yeah, he, he was a daily fantasy god. Yep, it was. Um, moving on, my so, last so, team. 
Yeah, so I just I don't think I gave my seventh place. So my seventh place is where I have Tampa Bay, and I think yeah, I, Seattle what? versus Tampa Bay this week. You just said Tampa Bay was last. No, I didn't. I said no. You, yeah, you I said have, you I had Tampa last. Bay last. You have L.A. No. last. I have L.A. last. I have God. I have Tampa Bay at seven. And I, I just I you know Tampa I, Tampa Bay obviously has some talent there. This is a team that a lot of people before the season started thought this was going to be a, one of the top teams in the league. I, I, well, I yeah, really I like Trestman. Well, the, yeah, spot. yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think uh, what they score three points or what they do. They're rough. They're rough. Yeah, like yeah three points. Goals. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but did um, yeah. So Quentin Flowers did he play? He played a little bit, but he didn't play enough. He played yeah. a little bit in the second half. They haven't they haven't listed at running back. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that they can utilize the double pass. Listen, Mark Tressman, a lot of people bash Mark Tressman because they remember him struggling with the Bears. He was the offensive coordinator for the Ravens when they sucked. Uh, but Mark Tressman did a lot of good right before he was fired from the CFL. The year before he was fired from the Toronto Argonauts, he had the Toronto Argonauts in the Grey Cup. And he had one of the more explosive offenses in the CFL, which I think that his success in the CFL – is a better indicator of what he can do rather than his failures in the NFL. So yeah, I, I I'm still high on Mark Tressman, but this team Yeah, that and that's why I think that's why I think I think Tampa Bay still has some upside to them. Um so I you know hopefully hopefully they can bounce back cuz they were a team that I thought that that could compete here um at least get into the playoffs here at the end of the year. And remember Antonio Callaway's coming back too. Antonio Callaway should really really explode in this league. Yep. So that should be something of note. Quentin Flowers was another college daily fantasy stud. What, yeah. South Florida? Yeah, yeah. He won yeah. me a fan- he won me two fantasy championships, and then I went out and bought an autographed mini helmet of him. <laughs> what a nice what a nice guy that you you just oh, give yeah. him back to the, the give cha- him back. Yeah, you yeah you give me a championship, I buy your helmet. That's how it works. <laughs> but, uh, so my last team is actually Seattle. Uh, you said that that was your sixth. No, yeah, you said it was your sixth team, right? Yep. Yeah, so my, my last team is Seattle. Like I said, I thought B.J. Daniels did not look good. Uh, they got dismantled by D.C. And D.C. kind of – they were my second team. I thought they did look good, but they did look like they had issues as well. I think Seattle had had a couple openings, and they did absolutely nothing. Um, yep. Chip Thorne kind of looked a little lost. Yeah, I agree. Um, and Seattle, they had the lead. They had a lead in the second quarter or maybe a halftime or something like that. It was, it was a really close game. It was like the, uh, really, they, they scored first, and that was it. They scored like the field goal yeah. first. Yeah. Eh, I can't remember exactly. I watched the game, but I can't remember exactly what the score was. My last, my last place team I mentioned is Los Angeles, and and you you mentioned kind of the the issues that they're having at their quarterback position and their injuries, and I think just the question mark of that is is you know why I have them at at the very bottom here. So that leads us into the game uh, this week. The New York Guardians are a six and a half point underdog to the DC Defenders. This is the game of the week. Game of the week right here. Oh, you think so? Oh, for what sure. Are you, what are you leaning? Uh, I guess I'm leaning New York here. Six and a half is a lot of points. And, and, like, you know, who knows what key numbers are in the XFL just because of how awkward and, and different it is. I'm glad you brought that up, dude. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a close game. Well, let's, um, let's talk about the key numbers for a second. I think that's an interesting topic. You know, we're, I think that's probably something we should probably discuss. Uh, in the NFL, the key numbers, you, we talk about three, six, seven, ten. Basically, field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. It's kind of how those numbers work. And if you guys bet, you know that those are the key numbers. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. The XFL, you can go for one. from the two. There's no, there's no extra points. You go from one, which is two yards out. You go for two, which is five yards out. Or you go for three from ten yards out. Now – uh, I don't think anybody has any statistics broken down, but I believe the consensus is that they're going for two 
is probably the smartest bet. Is that is it? Why? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's all going to be. I'm sure there's analytics behind it, but is it is it from the the two five and ten or I thought it was like the two three and five. No. So is it two five and ten? Oh my bad. Yeah, two five and ten, because no one. I don't think anybody's gone for three yet. Um, and then a lot there, of people. I mean that. Yeah, that that's interesting because you you know obviously I saw XFL tweeted out or somebody tweeted out they said uh, hey uh, you know seventeen points is still a two score game and I, that's re- that makes things really interesting yeah. you know you could be down by eighteen and still tie a ball game up in two with two touchdowns yeah yeah so it makes it does make betting a little harder because you know six and a half and then, and then I thought when you look at a six and a half that's the that's the hook you go oh man that's a key number mm-hmm. that's the hook that that half a point is going to make a lot of people stay away from DC. Right, and that's going to make a lot of people jump on the the New York spread, and that's kind of my thought process here. Is wow, I'm getting the hook. Give me that hook, but it's not really. Yeah, it's not nearly. Who knows what it's worth? Yeah, yeah, it's still kind because of because six question. to seven. You're right, is a big jump onto that key number. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, so who 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 knows? So, and we talked about New York. I had them number one. You had them number two. They're getting six and a half points from another team that we both had number one and number two. Uh, oh. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like. We have a disagreement on who's better. I think New York's better. You think DC's better. Either way, six and a half points. I don't think that even you with DC better, you probably don't envision there being a touchdown difference between right. these two teams. Correct? Yeah, I right. I think it's, I think these two teams are really really close. Now, another thing I want to talk about before we dive into the other games, and, and I'll, I'll make sure to make sure everybody knows that this is going to be a pretty XFL heavy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the home field advantage too, you know, you see a team like DC, DC's, I think is going to have a very good home field advantage. They play in a, you know, in a soccer stadium, I believe that holds like 20,000, 18,000. Yeah, that's what I thought it looked like. New York though. New York is playing in MetLife. The whole thing holds 50,000. So 18,000 tickets ain't going to make much of a roar. So right, that's what right. evaluate as well. I don't really know how home field advantage right now. I'm not, I'm not counting anything towards home field advantage right now. Cause I'm just, it's so gotta worried. be small. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's got to be small. Yeah, I can't imagine. You know, pay, you know, fans of these teams are going to be super passionate yet. Anyways, they're just so brand new. Yes. Um. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you're you're probably you're probably on the right. What you probably have the right thought there as as far as kind of just eliminating what, um, the, the perceived home field value of three points is in the NFL. I'm just saying, you know, that's not going to apply in this situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, the next game on the slate, Tampa Bay giving three points to Seattle. This is a game I really like. This is probably my favorite game for the Saturday slate. Uh, I think, like I said, I think Tampa Bay is the better team, and they're only giving three points to a Seattle team that I don't think they know what they're doing. That's what I'm going with. You and if Quentin Flowers plays, that's the X factor there, baby. Yeah, yeah. This team, like I said, this is I have these teams six and seven in my power rankings. Um, but I just I'm drawn to Tampa Bay a little bit more than I am to Seattle. I just think Tampa Bay has more upside. I don't think they they obviously played horribly last week, and I think I think they're better than they played. So I think I think that's kind of where you're seeing. Uh, I think there's going to be some value on Tampa Bay. So that's where I'm that's where I'm going. So you agree with me then? You're more like okay. So we yep. we do, so we agreed on those first two games. Now moving on to Sunday, Dallas is a four and a half point favorite over Los Angeles. Dallas got absolutely demolished last week. They were a seven point favorite. Well, they they, they going into Sunday they were in a nine and a half point favorite. If you were like me and you bet on Tuesday, they were a seven point favorite over St. Louis. They got demolished. Okay, they lost. I don't know. You know, they they lost against the spread. They lost by thirteen points or, or whatever. I think this, the final score was thirteen nine. But obviously, when you're given that many points, it's a big loss. Uh, right now, they're giving four and a half to that 
Los Angeles team that we both agree is pretty bad. I don't know who the mm-hmm. defensive coordinator is going to be. I don't know how healthy those quarterbacks are. What I do know, it was announced today that Landry Jones is going to play. And Landry Jones should be one of the best quarterbacks, if not overall players, in this league. Gimme Landry. I agree with you. you, you for every, and for all the reasons that you just said, I, I think – L.A. has just too many question marks, especially a quarterback right now, and I like uh, Dallas getting Landry Jones back here in that air raid offense. I think this is a spot for Dallas to kind of rebound from last week. Now, and another thing to think about with the XFL, and correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, because you are a much better gambler than I. You know the numbers much better than I in regards to the NFL, so this that, and that's absolutely key here. When you're talking about quarterbacks, the quarterback position, and as far as gambling goes, I'm not talking about in the scheme of football because I, I disagree with that. But as far as gambling goes, the quarterback position is worth the most points, right? Because the second stringer gets zero reps of practice, and there's usually yep. a huge drop off because no one wants their second stringer to play, right? Yep. Yeah, mean, that's right. You're right. So, I mean, for instance, one of the least one of the, the least valuable to make sure everybody's aware of what I'm saying. I'm not saying that quarterback is the most important player on the field. I'm saying as far as Vegas goes the quarterback is the most important player to, to kind of put that in perspective. Joe Montana was the least valuable quarterback of the last 30. Was it the third of the last 35 years? Because his backup was yeah. Steve Young. Yeah. It's, it's more, more of an indication of, of a team's backup than I, th- that I think than the caliber of their starter, just because you're right. It's the, it's really the, it's the difference between the starter and the backup. So what, what's your replacement level? Uh, player at so I, I think that that's really the handicap there and, and you kind of you can kind of see that and you kind of mentioned it there with Joe Montana obviously he had Steve Young behind him and Steve Young turned out to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL history so you know that doesn't diminish how good Joe Montana is it speaks more to how good Steve Young was um, so it's really a case-by-case basis and I, you, you, I think that you described that eloquently what how that plays a role in the XFL I think is more vital than the NFL Okay, because guys that play quarterback in the NFL, even the backup is in the NFL. In the XFL, that's not the case, dude. So when you talk about Landry Jones, who was in the NFL for five years, and really the only reason he's out of the NFL, and he (laughs) the reason the only reason Landry Jones is out of the NFL is because he's too old, right? They got the Steelers drafted Josh. They felt the the Mason Rudolph, and they felt the need to move on, right? And then the Steelers tried to sign him again, and the XFL blocked his contract. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but yeah, no, I thought Landry Jones played, you know, he played decent uh, when he okay. was filling in. Yeah, um, very average quarterback. Yeah, you're right. You're in the NFL, you're right. But yeah, so but when you when you drop him down into this league, I think I think it's an opportunity. I think you're I think you're right. Him and Cardell are probably the top two quarterbacks in this league. Yeah, and his backup. But so so we talk about Landry Jones being, you know, an okay <laughs> NFL quarterback. Philip Nelson, he got one. He was I think he was on an NFL roster for literally 5 days, dude. So that's the difference in quality is you're going from a guy who played in the NFL, played meaningful snaps in the NFL for a few seasons to a guy that was on an NFL team for a week, probably didn't even get a number. Okay. So that's a huge drop down. So I think that a guy like Landry Jones, you know, is probably worth seven points to the spread. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't, it's hard to say this early in the season, um, but I, I don't disagree. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I personally, I, I just don't know what I would make that number at. But I mean, you make a good point. You make a real strong argument for it being that high. It's definitely something to keep track of. But we'll move on yeah. to the next game, the last game of the week. St. Louis is an eight-point underdog to Houston. Now, we both agreed Houston was better than St. Louis, correct? Mm-hmm. I can't remember your power keys. Yeah, 
Now, I have Houston a notch above St. Louis, and you're going to give me a touchdown and some. And, the San- and St. Louis just got off of – they're coming off of a week where they beat the best team, the predicted best team in the league. Dude, give me some of that St. Louis money. I agree. I don't know why this number's so high. I guess it doesn't make sense to me, especially with how St. Louis played. They ran the ball. They controlled the clock. Yep. Um, yeah, so uh, you know that's a lot of points, even in the XFL. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking St. Louis, too. Did we just go four for four in agreement? We did, which is Gosh, I don't, it. That's not a good thing, my friend. It's only good if we go four and oh. <laughs> All right. Okay, okay. Did you have anything else to add about the XFL or this week's slated games? No, I got nothing else to add about the XFL. Um, well, I mean, last week was fun, but I, I, you know, do, do you have anything else to add about the XFL? No. Uh, full disclosure, I did go two and two. So Saturday I went two and zero. Oh. I went with DC and Houston. Sunday Tampa Bay and Dallas embarrassed me. So I'm obviously not yeah. doing the hottest. Daily Fantasy <laughs> I went five hundred as well. I went with a lot of bigger name guys like Sammy Coates, who did nothing. Yeah. And then I, I you know, Christy Michael, who got negative points. Uh, you know, even Cardell Jones didn't really live up to the DFS hype. So um, that's yeah. kind of – I'm going to probably steer away from that. Matt, Matt McGloin probably had one of the better weeks of DFS that no one's talking about. Um, but that's probably where I'm going to go that, that way. Yeah. But again, I guess that's probably something we should wait on a little bit longer. Yeah. I, I just got – I got to say, I guess I got one disappointing – Yeah, one thing that really disappointed me this week, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Adam Schefter reported yesterday that the Ohio Medical Board Committee said that you know being a Bengals and a Browns fan – does not qualify you saw for it. medical marijuana. I, I, I just I, I want to protest. I want to appeal it just because they, they 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 must not be fans of those two programs, those two franchises, because it's absolutely I have anxiety. You know, I probably got glaucoma from looking at that screen. You know, it, it I, just what a what a what a fucking mess, dude. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. You just you're just a man who wants to watch his Bengals <laughs> blaze and then go to Cheesecake Factory. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, man, you just want to enjoy can't I can't I enjoy it all, damn it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So just that it got that far it was pretty cool. <laughs> that I mean, that tells you more that tells you more about what it actually means to be a Cleveland Browns fan or a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Is that there is a petition that had that many signatures to where the Ohio Medical Board Committee actually had to make a ruling on this. I love it. I yeah, love it. News. We should have opened with that. We buried the lead. We buried the lead. Damn we it. might have. We might have. That's amazing. Well, I, I I guess that's it. That's all we we were supposed to have a guest on Tuesday, but the guest had uh, breaking news. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but he had. Yeah, he had, maybe maybe next time, or maybe maybe when we when we have him on, we'll bring it up, and he can kind of he can re break the breaking news. Everybody's gonna know about it at that at that point, but still, I think that's pretty cool. He blew us off, but that it was for a good reason. Oh, I was salty. I was like, dude, are you serious? Half hour before we're supposed to tape the show. Now I got to stay up on a Thursday yeah. night trying to edit this thing. But to that, I guess that's our Valentine's Day XFL episode. So, Yes, sir. Hey, don't spend too much money this weekend on your girl. Or, or maybe take her to Cheesecake Factory. Is that what you said you were doing? I think I'm going to. I'm going, I feel like yeah. – have you seen that episode of South Park where Randy Marsh is trying to write a, a musical? <laughs> I don't. I, I I watched so much South Park in college, but I don't know. You know, it depends on which season it is. I can tell you which, if I saw it. Just if you haven't seen it, go YouTube. Randy Marsh writes a musical, and <laughs> okay. reminds me of the Bacon Mayfield Cheesecake Factory story. But all right, this is 
Keatley. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Keatley sixteen. Uh, this show was a li- little lackluster because we got kind of <laughs> we got kind of blindsided. But hey, <laughs> you know I would be willing to make hey. a strong bet that we are the most XFL informed Cleveland Browns podcast. God damn it! Oh, there no no doubt about it. Hey, yeah, we persevere. We persevere. That's right. That's right. And if you haven't checked out our show from last week with Austin Feniger, please yeah. check it out. It was a great interview. Yes, it was. We'll definitely have him back on, man. He was uh, he was a lot of fun to talk to. And I, like I think we mentioned it last week, we could have talked for hours with that dude. And awesome. yeah, we'll definitely have him back. He was awesome. Adam, you want to tell them where they can follow you? Yep. Find me on Twitter. More M O O R E two one zero two. Josh always makes fun of me for that, but uh, not, that's where you can find me. Not this time. We're ten weeks in. I can't make fun of you anymore. Is it? Has it been ten weeks? No, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. either, man. It's been a couple months. Still, is pretty cool. Yeah, it's been going on for a while. All right, man, we're out. All right, buddy, see you.